Hey guys, welcome back for the third episode of the Made to Lead podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Rachel, and I'm currently the host of Made to Lead this year. For today's episode, I wanted to talk about self-management. I personally think self-management is huge in leadership because you can't give your peers 100% of your energy if you're not giving yourself the time and care you need. Today's guest is one of the assistant directors here at the ILC, Evan Lorenz, and we'll be talking about ways to better your self-management skills, how to build successful new habits, and more. With that, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so now we're here with our guest. We're here with Evan Lorenz. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Rachel, thanks for having me. Yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm the assistant, assistant director of iPrograms here at the Illinois Leadership Center, and currently I'm also helping uh, fill out the BAMO assistant director role, which is branding, advertising, marketing, and outreach. Uh, as far as my primary responsibilities go, those I programs, those are a few programs that happen throughout the semester, um, ranging anywhere from three to six-ish, six-ish hours. And we really focus on leadership competencies that we can teach the students, and we have small group discussions, and we bring in lead facilitators from around campus to talk to the students, and uh, they find them to be super rewarding, um, and they learn a lot more about themselves. So I kind of coordinate those, host those, and make sure everything goes according to plan. And then as far as BAMO, obviously, um, I oversee our marketing and outreach and everything like that, oversee a team of about 10 students. And uh, we have weekly meetings and just kind of try to help promote that Illinois leadership brand. Yeah, he's my boss, so this is a bit nerve-wracking here because, like, I don't know. I don't know you're my boss. I don't want to mess up. But anyways, um, what brought you into, like, this position? Like, what made you want to be the assistant director? Yeah. Um, when I saw this position, I saw that there were opportunities to oversee students, and I knew that I wanted to get back in the lives of students on campus mm-hmm. because in my previous work, I did a lot of recruiting of those students, and I found that creating those relationships were fun, but they were very in the moment relationships. You would create a 15 minute connection with them and then, you know, hope they applied and hope they came and to the university. And that was really the extent of the relationship where one of the big draws to this position is I knew I would get to work with our amazing students. And it's really important to me to build relationships and, um, kind of look back at what the university of Illinois gave me. I'm a double alum from the university and, um, I felt like I got a lot from this institution, so part of that is I wanted to help give back and mm-hmm. um, oversee and work with these awesome students. And then as far as the Leadership Center itself, <clears throat> I do feel that a lot of the things that we teach here um, are things that in my age, or I, I'm sorry, when, <laughs> when I was an undergrad, they're skills I wish I would have gotten or opportunities I would have taken advantage of. And so I think part of it is I want to be injecting new life um, into this position in my own way so that mm-hmm. I can help reach students who I feel need those skills but maybe not didn't know about these opportunities mm-hmm. that we offer. Yeah. So you said you're a U of I alum so you weren't associated with like the Leadership Center as an undergrad or a graduate student? No um, I actually really didn't even know about the Leadership Center till maybe I got into my previous position because mm-hmm. we talked about student resources and the Leadership Center came up a lot but that would probably be my first real um, exposure to it. 
So what were you involved with on campus? So yeah, I think the the first thing that I'll always articulate on when I was involved here and my original draw to University of Illinois was the Marching Illini. Mm. Um, I was super big into marching band in high school. I was a drum major. and You were a drum major? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I could never. Yeah. No, like I was in marching band, but like I could never be a drum major. Yeah, it was just a good time. I really enjoyed it. And so when I was looking at schools, I really knew I wanted to continue doing band or marching band. And I knew that the University of Illinois had a marching marching band. And when I was a drum major, I went to a clinic that was actually run by the director of marching bands here. And um, I tried. I, I tried out. I got in. And uh, really, the rest was history. So the marching line, it was a big thing I did. It was a large time commitment. Um, then I was in like basketball band while I was here. I was in volleyball band, so a lot of athletic bands. And then I would say the other big thing I was involved in was student alumni ambassadors, and they're a group that does a lot of volunteering around Champaign-Urbana. They do a lot of homecoming and school spirit stuff. So needless to say, like homecoming and school spirit and just giving back to your school community have always been big for me. And so I think that's why those two organizations particularly drew me in. Mm-hmm. So you're a big music guy is what I'm getting. That as well, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Aren't you taking guitar lessons too? I'm taking guitar lessons right now. Yeah, yeah. cool. I tried to play the guitar because like my family was really big on playing the guitar. Like literally everyone in my family played it, but I could not figure it out. Like literally for the life of me, could not figure it out. I'm still struggling and we're on year three now, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a task. <laughs> I, I was only good with, because I feel like with guitars, like there's like, there's chords, right? Like you're playing mm-hmm. like multiple yeah. notes at once. Like I could only do one note at a time. Like that's why I like the French horn and the saxophone, because like I could one do one note at a time. Yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite music artists? Or uh, who are your favorite Who music are artists? my favorite music artists? Okay, Foo Fighters, obviously. Um, we're recording in my office. Can't see it, but I have some Foo Fighter bobbleheads <laughs> hanging out um, overlooking us. They're in Cubs uniforms. Yes. Um, let's see who else am I listening to right now. Um, revisiting Queen right now. Um, I just went to a concert and I got to listen to um, the remaining members of Queen. And so I'm re-getting back into them. Um, which is a lot of fun. Listening to a lot of Def Leppard right now as well. <laughs> um, so a lot of older stuff. Um, very into rock. I yeah, think. very yeah. into rock. Um, <laughs> I don't know. One of my friends turned me on to Mac Miller about mm-hmm. a year ago, and I've been listening to him a lot because um, rap isn't really my genre, but I think it's important to kind of explore and push your boundaries and what you like because you just don't know what's out there. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like I'm like. I kind of listen to a little bit of everything. It kind of depends on my mood. Like, it'll be, like, rap one day, R&B the next, K-pop one day. It'll be, like, Bad Bunny and, like, Latin music one day. It's just kind of, like, all over the place for me all the time. Yeah. I think what's super cool is to, like, uh, take those moments of when they, like, talk to musicians and they're like, oh, who helped, like, influence you? And then they reference someone else and then going back to listen to that, even if it's not directly that same genre mm-hmm. like rock and roll takes a lot of themes from blues and so like yeah. going back and listening to blues and you're like i would never really listen to this but like you know they influence some of my favorite bands so mm-hmm. i'm sure they have some good stuff so yeah i like last year i got into a phase where i was really into listening to like 90s rap and 90s mm-hmm. r&b and you can hear so much influence from like 90s rap on like today's rap if that makes sense like you oh, can yeah. he- like after going through that phase i hear so many samples like immediately like i can tell where they got certain lines from like older songs and i feel like that's interesting to me like i love making those connections between like 
kind of like old and new if that makes sense yeah so getting into today's topic we wanted to talk about self-management um and why it's important in leadership so why would you say self-management is super important yeah, so I think self-management is important because you want to be able to show up each day and each day in its own way is kind of, there are going to be surprises and loops that come at you and being able to know how you can handle those, you know, whether that means this is a problem that I can just persevere through or if this is a problem that I need to take a few minutes myself and recollect myself, um, knowing how you're going to react I think is so important in a workplace mm-hmm. um, and just a daily life as a human being um, because sometimes I think we act in the moment so quickly we don't even think about what we're doing or why we're doing it yeah. and taking that time to self-manage ourselves and say you know maybe there's a better way that I can be reacting to this mm-hmm. um, or embrace these challenges mm-hmm. um, because I think at the end of the day right is you want the best out of your teammates and not in a demanding way but in a they're your teammates and you want them to succeed and in the same way i think to get the best out of them you have to be able to get the best out of yourself Mm -hmm. and i think a huge component of drawing the most value out of yourself each day is being able to Mm self-manage yeah and i also think like a huge thing that i really believe in is like you can't really take take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself just because like if you're in a bad like mental state or like you're not taking care of your own things like your mind's just going to be racing all the time and you're going to be worried about like other stuff and you can't really give other people your 100% because you're so worried about like what you're not managing yourself you know what i mean oh absolutely yeah. i think it's there's a phrase it's like make sure your cup is filled before yeah. you start filling others cups or something like that mm-hmm. because you can't fill others cups when yours is empty yeah i feel like i'm someone that does that a lot like I'll worry about everyone else and then not take care of myself and I feel like that's been very detrimental to like my mental health because I'll like get to a point where it's like now what like I'm like completely crumbled like what do I do now so I really believe in like self-management and taking care of yourself um so what are some ways you think people can better their self-management skills I think I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but something that I think is just way too overlooked is reflecting because we just do so many things instinctively and we don't think about why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And whether it's breaking a good habit or engaging in a bad habit or just negative reactions in general, I think being able to reflect on, okay, every time, you know, I get stressed out, I come grab a piece of candy out of the bowl. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, where's that coming from? Why am I, Mm -hmm. what's stressing me out? And taking that time to reflect and say, okay, maybe this type of task, like doing outreach, talking to a a random stranger via email is something that really stresses me out, breaking that initial ice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so figuring out a better way to to practice that so then I'm not grabbing a piece of candy every time I have to do that. Because I think being able to isolate that thing that that makes us uncomfortable or gets in our way of self-management, being able to identify that rather than just saying like, oh, I'm making a bad behavior is really that, I feel that first key in Mm -hmm. self-managing. Yeah, I think that's like a really great point. I kind of really believe in reflecting because I think we always act because of some reason. Does that make sense? Like, let's say you're in an argument with someone and like you blew up and like afterwards you're like, why did I blow up? Like there's always a reason and like some kind of buildup that leads to that place. So I feel like reflecting is like a great way to move forward while also not making the same mistake. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Another 
something else that came up kind of exactly mm-hmm. as you were saying is <clears throat> I recently had a, a work experience where I was working with some students and situation came up where um, I felt that the students weren't really like complying with the boundaries and rules we had set. And it kind of frustrated me at first because, you know, it was something we kind of laid out at the beginning of this workshop. And taking that moment right before I was going to have a discussion with them and mm-hmm. understand that, like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated and angry right now, but why am I feeling frustrated and angry? And it's because I'm concerned about doing my job well. I'm concerned about the brand of the office I work for. Um, I'm concerned about them as students and their own well-being and everything like that. And so realizing that some of these emotions that kind of like you're saying in an Mm -hmm. argument when you blow up, taking that moment to be like, okay, what really is this? And can it be better expressed than directly through anger? Mm -hmm. I think a great way to better your self-management skills too is creating new habits. Like I think... I'm very bad at keeping new good habits, if that makes sense. Like, I always kind of fall into my old ways. So, I don't know. I feel like any tips and tricks you have for that would be great. For new habits? Yeah. Kind of as we discussed before we got talking, I I also feel like I do that zero to 100. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, okay, today's going to be the day that, like, my new fitness journey begins. And I'm going to be the most fit version of myself I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Um... And something that I feel like I've been resonating with recently is, well, there's that saying, like, Rome wasn't built in a day. Just essentially saying that, like, large tasks, you know, can't be accomplished Mm -hmm. in just one day. Yeah. And I think in a weird way, when I think about it myself, I almost, I'm like, okay, well, it was built a building by a day. But I think I've recognized with myself that sometimes that means a brick by a day. Mm -hmm. And personally, like, for fitness, something that I've been trying to do is run more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really enjoyed running. I have asthma, so it's never been really <laughs> like a fun thing to do. Um, and I told myself I would do two miles. And the first thing I did is just two miles. I didn't care how fast I did it. Um, and really, I think it was that way for like the first month. Yeah. And then you set, set a slow pace, something that you know you can do. Um, and it's slow incremental, slow incremental steps because um, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit, but mm-hmm. SMART goals really help make those finish lines seem closer because I think all too often we get excited about something new. We don't think about how much work it's actually going to take. Yeah. And after two or three weeks, we're like, man, that goal is still mm-hmm. so far away. Yeah. I would say I'm patient in a lot of things, but I'm also extremely impatient with things that I want. Like my mom always tells me this, like I'm very impulsive. Let's let's take my dog for example, right? Like literally it was January 2022 and I keep telling everyone I want a dog. Like I'm telling my mom I want a dog and like I'm telling all my friends I want a dog. And then everyone's like, no, like you are literally... Was I 19? I think 19 years old, 20 years old. Like, you cannot have a dog. Like, you literally, like, are not stable enough for that. And I'm like, okay, like, I hear you out. Like, I probably shouldn't get a dog. The next day, I'm like, I want a dog. Like, I literally kept going like that and then got a dog, like, a week later. And it was, like, extremely impulsive. Like, looking back on it, like, I know I was extremely impulsive. But, like, do I regret it? No. But it was just, like, I'm very zero or 100 kind of thing. And I feel like that kind of translates into my habits because, like, I'll want goals immediately. So I'll push myself to, like, the most extreme extent and then burn myself out. So, like, I never actually attain those goals. I I definitely get that. Um, Also, I think for me, and maybe you can Mm -hmm. relate in the same way, is I feel emotions are such a good motivator for new behaviors, but emotions are so short-lived. Yeah. Um, Where... 
a thing we talk about in psychology is moods are like emotions are short and moods are longer yeah and you know you'll be like yes i'm going to be fit because like maybe i'm feeling guilty about like the three tacos i sat Mm -hmm. on my couch and didn't exercise at all that day but in general you're like ah this doesn't really like your mood is i'm not super concerned about my weight or whatever Mm -hmm. that might be and so i think sometimes like understanding okay what is going to be my motivator once this like exciting emotion that's been propelling me wears Mm -hmm. off um what's going to be my thing that holds me to my task yeah i feel like a huge part of building new habits is like learning to hold yourself accountable when you're not feeling it if that makes sense like you're not feeling like doing your schoolwork, but like still like getting yourself to do them rather than like not doing it at all and just like waiting till you're waiting till like the moment strikes you again but for me at least that like never happens like if i just wait for myself to like feel like doing it again it'll i'll never do it another interesting thing i've really learned about self-management in a in a weird way is i think i have a lot of issues truly getting vulnerable with people there have been some habits i've been trying to incorporate into my life mm-hmm. and it was actually a couple weekends ago i was got home from doing like groceries going to the gym doing all my stuff it was a weekend so i kind of had the day to myself and um i had some time and i was kind of bored and i was just like there's this healthy hat or this this unhealthy habit that i've been trying to like avoid and i've kind of told my friends about the habit and i was like i could feel myself starting to not hold myself accountable mm-hmm. and so i called my friend who knew and i was like hey man i'm i'm failing on my self accountability mm-hmm. and here are the reasons why i think i'm failing on this yeah. and we talked for about 45 minutes and he served as my accountability and my support network and i think for me at least i'm not saying this is an issue that yeah. everyone has but being able to self-manage in a way of saying like I'm not living to my purpose or failing is such a hard word to to use, but you're like, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And part of understanding self-management is understanding when you're struggling and being able to rely on others. Yeah. And I got through that day because of my support network. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's also like a great point. I think a huge part of self-management too is knowing when to ask for help. Because I think I'm also someone that likes to like keep everything inside like, oh, I'm not going to worry anyone else because it's like it's not their problem. But it's like I also had to learn the hard way that like I have to have boundaries in that way. And I really need like other people to hold me accountable when it does come to those bad habits. So I think a huge thing that actually helped me in making new habits and setting new goals was through SMART goals. If you want to touch a little bit about what those are. Yeah, uh, we can talk about SMART goals for sure. Um, So for SMART goals, for those who are listening who might not know, SMART goals are an acronym. Uh, The S of a SMART goal stands for specific, M stands for measurable, A stands for achievable, R stands for relevant, and T stands for timeable, I believe. Mm -hmm. So really like what those acronyms mean is it helps you boil down a goal into a way that you can easily define if this goal has been met or not. Because as you would probably mention, I think a little bit earlier, you know, all too often we're like, I'm going to get in better shape. I'm Mm -hmm. going to stop drinking as much. I'm going to be more attentive to my family. I don't Mm -hmm. know. You know, just those those habits we try to do. But they're just so vague that you get lost in the like, you know, you reflect in two weeks, like, have I done this? Yeah. Um, Where those SMART goals, when you're specific and you're being measurable uh, and it's relevant and timeable and achievable. You know, when you're saying, for example, like being more in touch with your family, I, I'm the only one in my family that doesn't live 
near each other. So I call my parents every Sunday to check in with them if I don't mm-hmm. see them for a football game or something like that. And that's kind of my, I guess, ongoing SMART goal, mm-hmm. right? As I say, did I call my parents this weekend? Because I still want family to be a strong value. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I measure that is, am I keeping in contact with my Mm -hmm. family? And um, when you're able to point to specific moments and instances of progress towards that, I think that's not only, you know, evidence that of like, I'm getting closer to my goal, but that evidence in itself is inherently encouraging because you're like, I said I was going to do it and I'm a percentage of the way there. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm no longer at the starting line. Yeah. If we're keeping things in kind of a vague context, it kind of doesn't let our brain associate it if that makes sense like when i just say like oh i'm gonna be healthy like i'll like go on to the next day and be like oh i want to be more healthy but i won't do anything about it like i'll just keep moving forward telling myself like i want to do that but it's like if i'm not telling myself what i'm actually going to do to take those steps to be healthier like i'm never going to do it yeah i think that's really a great example and i think also being smart when we're like I don't know, like being healthy, right? You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to eat like four salads this week, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a maybe not great example, but an example nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when in that mindset of setting a smart goal versus not, when you're sitting down to like, okay, what am I doing for dinner tonight? And you're like, it's Wednesday night and I haven't had a salad yet. Mm-hmm. So we're Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're now on Wednesday. You're like, okay, if I want to reach this goal, like I probably need to have a salad tonight. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I think you're holding yourself more accountable um, because you're like identifying, okay, there are only so many more opportunities ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, where when you're not setting that SMART goal, you're much more in that sense of like, well, there's always tomorrow. And, you know, when you continually do that mindset, eventually you just push the goal off into yeah. a point of it's on the back burner. Or yeah. It doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's a good point too because like I feel like a huge thing to create like long lasting good habits is making like positive changes instead of negative. So like, let's say like, let's do the salad example again, right? Like you want to eat like four salads a day. Like you're also not like taking away anything you love. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. In like a food context. Like I feel like if you were trying to eat healthier and you did, you were trying to make those steps, like starting to like restrict food is probably like the worst idea in my opinion. Especially, like, as someone who, like, did try to do that, like, it's really not maintainable at all. Yeah, I, yeah. Because sometimes I will say, you know, I'll still, like, eat when I'm bored, which we all know is not, like, a great habit. But if you're inserting healthier foods rather than taking away other foods, if you're like, okay, I I want a snack right now, and you're like, I'm going to have an apple, which is like, okay, now you're still getting the snack, Mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, it's awful for you, and then... Maybe you can, maybe you're rationalizing, you're like, okay, I'll do like a bowl of chips instead of like just eating straight from the bag, Mm -hmm. which in itself (laughs) is also great. (laughs) Yeah. I think like another example too is if you want to study more or if you want to like, if you try to get in your academic weapon phase, you should start by like adding some study time. Like don't say like, oh, I can't go out. Oh, I can't hang out with friends. Like don't stop like removing stuff from your life, but say like, oh, I'll just squeeze 20 minutes of studying into my day like every day like something along those lines where you can like also slowly like increase it incrementally like oh this week i'll study for 20 minutes next week 30 minutes like keep increasing that till it can like regularly fit into your schedule while like also balancing the other things you love yeah i think that's a really good idea and uh on top of that and maybe this will like if we get to talk to motivation later Mm -hmm. uh part of that is i think you know once you're studying tell yourself you're just going to study for 20 minutes and probably those first few times, it'll be a hard cutoff at 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right? But 
eventually I think you'll come across a point where you're at minute like 18 and you're like, uh, I need to like really do this concept though. And you might extend it out to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's part of that like, well, I'm already doing this thing and I want to do self-betterment. So like, might as well hang around for another five to 10 minutes Mm -hmm. doing this. So I think, yeah, just the idea of like, I'm going to set out time to engage in this behavior automatically makes us more prone to engaging in it longer too. Plus, I feel like it's more attainable that way. Like, if I tell myself I'm going to start studying for, like, three hours a day, like, I'm going to be like, no, never. I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to go watch Netflix. Like, I'm not going to study for three hours. So I feel like definitely doing incremental increases and, like, gradually, like, changing your schedule is a great way to do it. So you mentioned you want to touch on motivation, if you wanted to speak on that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, motivation for me in my life especially during COVID, um, has been a real challenge. I mean, just being blunt, right? A lot of working from home, not going out and doing a lot. Really, it's like going grocery shopping. Like, <laughs> those, especially, were, those were the peak of the day. It's just going yeah. grocery shopping. And so, you know, a lot of it is like, well, what's the point? I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really hard to get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And um, as I started to kind of mentally come out of that, as I feel like the world kind of has started to mentally at least rebound a little bit, is realizing that some of that motivation, the motivation comes with it. Um, mm-hmm. And that you just have to take action even when you're not feeling like it. Yeah. Because that is where mentally I was at, right? Mm-hmm. Is I was like, well, I don't want to do this, but like, we're going to do it anyway. And then yeah. 30 minutes later, you find yourself enjoying it or, mm-hmm. or motivated. Yeah, I feel like I went through the same thing during COVID, but it hit me a lot later than most people. Literally, like, I was operating on such a strict schedule from, like, March until August. Like, literally, wake up at 5 a.m., breakfast, workout, schoolwork. Like, literally, like, such a strict schedule. And I was, like, loving my life because I'm, like, I don't have to go to school. It's, I'm just, like, chilling. But then my sister was the opposite. And she was, she was going to bed at 5 a.m. and just, like, sleeping throughout the entire day, like, not doing anything because it's, like, she just kind of, like, thrives around, like, being with people and, like, being with her friends and, like, kind of, like, that kind of, like, personality. And then, like, five months in, we switched. And then I was the one going to bed at 5 a.m., not doing anything throughout the day. And then she was the one with, like, the strict schedule. And I feel like, for me at least, I feel like I'm like you. Like, I kind of still feel it in my mind. Or it's like I can never bring myself to have that same level of motivation since like pre-COVID and I can't bring myself to like do things as easily. It's uh it's really hard uh especially so this is what like week 10 I think of me being in this office um so for pretty fresh but um (laughs) coming from a working from home environment where like could wake up later like literally wear a hoodie and athletic shorts to work you Mm -hmm. know at my desk could do dishes like could do laundry could exercise on my lunch break now understanding that all of those like little tasks that i was able to disperse throughout the day mm-hmm. finding the motivation and the willpower to do those from when i wake up to when i leave to work and then you know when i get home from work before yeah. i go to bed it's so much harder mm-hmm. to get that going and a lot of it right now is just I just mentally have to be like, we just have to do this to get it done. Yeah. I feel like that's a good point, too. Like, I never thought about the little tasks I'd do while I was, like, doing school at, like, school at home. 
And I feel like it definitely was like a huge shift. Like I personally thought it was like a shift because I wasn't around as many people, but I think it also was kind of overwhelming because it's like, I felt like I didn't have as much time in the day too. I think a great quote about motivation from this book called Atomic Habits. Um, it's an entire book dedicated towards like building new routines, building new habits. Um, you guys should definitely check it out if you're interested in that. Um, and it says motivation slash inspiration is overrated. Motivation flows through action. And I don't know, I feel like that's like a great quote because it's like, I think I'm someone that believes like, like having a soulmate isn't just magically being in love. Like you can only have a soulmate if you're also like always putting in that work to keep them and like keep that love kind of alive. So I feel like that kind of like plays into the same thing where it's like your emotions can only take you so far. Like it takes like your actual actions and your actual work to go through it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe I agree that it's it's kind of overrated. I think it's helpful, but I think people kind of get the flow of the actions incorrect as they wait for that motivation to spin action. Yeah. And then they wait for more motivation where really it has to be the action that will get that motivation ball rolling. Yeah. And then you have to use that motivation to keep action going. Just as you were saying about your soulmate, like each and everything, whether it's a task or, you know, we want to be more of this type of person, um, like living out values or completing tasks. I don't, I don't know. You, you can only, feeling motivated about it doesn't do it. Yeah. Doing like, it does it. Yeah. It's like if, like when it comes to like the new year, like it's January 1st, 2023, like everyone's going to have that motivation to like go to the gym, like better themselves, like study more, do all this journaling. But it's like, I think it's like 90% fail in like maintaining those new habits. So it's like, I feel like you really have to learn how to kind of push yourself through those moments where you're not feeling it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a great way to do that is using a planner or planning. Um, I'm personally a big fan of the time blocking productivity method. Um, so you basically just like schedule out um, your day by the hour, like by the minute. So like I'll say I'll wake up at eight from eight to nine. I'll relax, eat breakfast, get ready nine to like nine thirty. If I have an online class, I'll just like walk my dog, get ready to go to class nine thirty in class to eleven. Um, and then just like basically scheduling out everything by the hour. I feel like that works for me because I if I'm not held on a strict schedule, I'll definitely go off the schedule. So I think, at least for me, that's what works best. I think routines are great. Um, I probably live too much in my routines. (laughs) Um, Especially during COVID, honestly, there were times, you know, where I was deep in my routines that you could say, like, you told me, like, okay, like, approximately what would you be doing at, like, 1130 on a Tuesday? I could be like, I was doing this. Because it was just so routine, I could tell you, you know, walking into the same people, doing the same things, like, week by week. Yeah. Um, But, you know, some spontaneity in each day is good, but I'm the same way in that I try to exercise every day before I come to work, and I try to exercise typically within the same time block. Um, I typically do the same things when I'm, like, waking up in the morning. I start my day in the office the same. because I feel like doing those habits that you know make you put you in a better mindset, um, hold, you know, immediately start holding you accountable to the day, just kind of encourages those behaviors, those mm-hmm. good mindsets, holding yourself to your purpose for the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah, I think having somewhat of a routine is great. Like, obviously, like you were saying, like, 
some spontaneity is great um so i personally think it's like great if you did take like 10 or 15 minutes out of your morning and then plan your routine like that just so like you can still like account for like different things and all that stuff but yeah i don't know i think i'm someone too that like if i want to go to the gym like going at nine every morning that's what works best for me because i know as soon as it hits nine i'm at the gym like i'm leaving um i think incentivizing is also a great tip because like you know our brains are motivated by some kind of reward and like what gives us like i guess from like my the econ major in me it's like what gives us the most utility so like that's what i'm thinking so i think incentivizing is good like when i wanted to work out more like i'd say like okay if i wake up work out for like two or three weeks straight like go every day doesn't matter what i'm doing like as long as i'm going every day i'll let myself go on a little shopping spree and like that's how i would try to incentivize myself because i like shopping yeah i think incentivizing is good um gonna be honest like i feel like that's something where i really struggle Mm -hmm. in that either i reward myself too often or i reward myself maybe on a grander scale than the 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 targeted behavior is worth you know like for example like one of my favorite restaurants around here um if i have like a really good week of working out and eating healthy like i'll go there and like I don't know it's kind of expensive and i feel like eating there even just one time tosses all of the week's mm-hmm. progress down the drain wait uh, what restaurant i feel like they want to know uh black dog uh i've never been there yeah i mean it's barbecue and so mm. it's like and i get um fries and potato casserole so it's just like starch and starch and barbecue sauce and like oh it's just like Oh, it's probably like 3,000 calories in just one <laughs> sitting, but it's so stinking good. Uh. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like it's also, I, I, I get what you mean. Like, I kind of like treat myself too much if like I'm kind of like feeling it, if that makes sense. Like, even though I told myself I would like only shop, only buy stuff like in like those three weeks, like I think like I had to like get like my friends and my boyfriend to like stop me from buying stuff because i'm like oh it doesn't matter like i'll just buy this one thing right now so like definitely trying to like keep those goals and like setting those limits for kind of like what you're giving yourself is also super important oh i feel like if it is kind of like taking care of yourself and like that kind of self-management if we are talking about like working out or like stuff like that i always try to like do something i actually like if that makes sense like if i go to the gym and i'm like lifting i'm like no like, I don't really want to do this again. But it's, like, when I started doing boxing again, like, as soon as I started boxing, as soon as I joined the club, like, we went on that Tuesday. Like, I, like, kept saying, like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for boxing on Thursday. I can't wait for boxing. Like, that kind of, like, wanted, like made me want to work out again because it's, like, I was enjoying what I was doing instead of kind of, like, forcing myself to do something I didn't want to do. Oh, yeah. I think as soon as you're able to make that mental switch of, like, yeah. I have to do something versus I get to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. That just makes it so much easier. Yeah. And I guess there are, like, ways to make studying more enjoyable. I mean, maybe I haven't found them because I don't really enjoy studying that much. Oh, yeah. If you, like, want to go to a cafe or something with your friends and, like, study that way, I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Um, Just because, like, their friends are somewhat holding them accountable. Like, they can't just, like, go on their phone. They can't just walk around their apartment and do whatever they want because they are in an environment where they are expected to study from their friends. Um, so I think that's a great way to hold yourself accountable if you did want to make, like, a positive association. Because at the end of the day, like, if you are studying with your friends, like, you're just really hanging out with your friends. Like, you're not really studying, but 
but you, like you are studying you know what i mean but i always just have like so happy for you but i always just got too talkative <laughs> like yeah that's not something i was never good at that i mean i made several attempts but it never worked yeah out. <laughs> i mean i think it works for me sometimes i definitely can't do it around like my very good friends like like my best friends my boyfriend like cannot do that because i just like i'll just talk their ear off like i don't even care but I think one thing I really want to stress if you are trying to make new habits and change your routine is making sure you're making the changes for the right reasons. At least for me. Like, if we're talking about, like, working out and eating, I would say, like, like I don't know if this is, like, the right place to talk about it, but, like, I did struggle with my body for a long time. So I think, like, I did kind of want to make those changes for the wrong reasons. It was kind of, like, stemming from a place of insecurity and, like, in my opinion. So I think, like, when I did realize, like, I'm not making those changes for the right reasons, and I took a step back, maybe, like, I, like, took a few months off, like, didn't really take those steps into, um, into, like, working out, like, all, like, that, like, clean girl stuff, you know, like, when I took a step back and kind of just, like, worked on myself and, like, focused on, like, bettering my self-confidence and all this stuff, and, like, I did go back and, like, start working out more, like, I felt like it was more enjoyable in that aspect, too, and it felt like exercising, like, wasn't, extremely draining anymore yeah thanks for sharing that i'd like to appreciate that i feel that probably a lot of people maybe feel that way but haven't taken the time to reflect on that so Mm -hmm. i think that's super like brave and important that you said that Mm -hmm. um you know and in the same way um yeah i kind of feel like during covid there was a lot of same thing as Mm -hmm. maybe not so much directly body image but i was trying to do all these things and then i finally started going to see a mental health professional i started journaling and like i really boiled it down to like a lot of these behaviors i was targeting were like they were coming from a place of pain and suffering in my life Mm -hmm. and although they were like productive and good habits it almost like gives the pain more power over yeah i agree and being able to take like a step back and disassociate that pain and maybe just like work through that and then being able to give these cool new behaviors like a fresh perspective Mm -hmm. is uh so important yeah i completely agree Thank you, Evan, for coming to speak with me about building a new routine, self-management habits. Um, I hope, wait, no. I feel like I gain a lot of insight from you just kind of like hearing your experiences with building new habits, um, especially like um, kind of learning to navigate your bad habits. I feel like I got a lot of insight from you. Um, And yeah, I hope y'all did too. Y'all listeners, y'all better got something out of this. I'm just saying. But now we're going to do a this or that, just like rapid fire. Okay, Evan, you go. Okay, uh, mountains or the beach? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm from Southern California, but I actually hate the beach. Because stingrays, jellyfish, like, literally, like, we don't know 80% of the ocean. Like, there are so many factors involved with the ocean that just make me hate it. No offense. So I think I pick mountains. I'm not from beach or mountains, but beach. <laughs> um, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Wait, neither. Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke only. That wasn't part of fine. Um, <laughs> I'm Team Pepsi, and all, if any of my friends listen to this, they'll advocate for me. I'm a Pepsi diehard. 
Pepsi is better than Coke, but Cherry Coke is better. Actually, okay. Pepsi is better than Coke, but Cherry Coke's better than Pepsi, but Cherry Pepsi is better than Cherry Coke. Okay. No okay. cap. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I can get on board with that. Yeah. Quiet night in or like fun night out? Fun night out. I, cause I, I stay in like the entire week. So I feel like giving myself that one chance for like going out is good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like especially now, like yeah. now that, you know, I've had an opportunity to get my shots and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel much more comfortable like going out and seeing people. So getting to mm-hmm. reconnect with people is just so much, so much fun. Yeah. Okay. I have one. Five SOS or One Direction? Uh, One Direction. I don't know if that's a sleigh, but maybe that's just me. Okay, follow up. One Direction or Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber? Taylor Swift. So you're a Swifty? That's what I'm gathering. I wouldn't say I am a Swifty, but like I hear her stuff on the radio and I don't change the radio station. Um, and I have her songs favorited on Spotify, so like I've been known to listen. Mm, I'm actually not a Swifty. I actually really oh. don't like Taylor Swift. Because my sister plays her too much to the okay. point where it gets annoying, so I cannot listen to her anymore. Thank you, Evan, for coming on to the Made to Lead podcast um, and talking about like bad habits um, and trying to break them, creating new routine and self-management. Um, did you have any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, um, like listening to the podcast, and I'm honored to be on it. <laughs> um, as far as closing thoughts go, I think something that just kind of talking about habits and stuff that's been resonating with me, also self-management, literally everything we've talked about, is um, I think be kind to yourself. Um, we Sometimes I think we know ourselves so well and we, we know what we're capable of that when we don't you know, meet that SMART goal or don't do that behavior, we are way too harsh on ourselves and critical on ourselves and we don't think about like those great teachers that we've mm-hmm. had in our life, which I've been trying to do is, you know, when, when I failed at something, what do those great teachers do? Typically it's not a, you know, Oh, what are you doing? Like, you're so lazy or like, why couldn't you do this? It is a like, okay, well, like, where did we struggle? You know, what can we take away from this? This isn't a complete loss. Um, this isn't a failure. It's just a learning moment and being able to reflect that kindness onto ourselves because, you know, Ultimately, to achieve these goals, we need to believe in ourselves. And, you know, I think in believing in ourselves, part of that is being kind. So that's it for today's podcast. I'd once again like to thank Evan for coming on today and speaking about self-management. As Evan was saying, I want to remind you guys to be kind to yourselves. It's easy to get angry and judge ourselves off of the mistakes we make, the bad habits, etc. But we often forget our successes and achievements. I hope you guys have a great week and are being the best versions of yourselves because the world needs better leaders.